Good morning. Parashat Terumah, of course, describes to us the Mishkan, the command to build the Mishkan, and all the specific and intricate details which HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which God transmits to Moshe. I'd like to, for a moment or two, just focus on one of those commands. Ve'asita menorat zahav tahor. God turns to Moshe and says to him, you should craft, you should create a menorah, of course, a candelabra, which is made out of zahav tahor, absolutely pure gold. The menorah should be a single piece, not connected, not made out of uh, separate pieces, uh, somehow singed together, but rather miksha. But the word that describes the crafting of it isn't miksha ta'ase, which would be the normal Hebrew verb for you should make, but rather te'ase. Te'ase is reflexive. Te'ase means it, so to speak, happens to itself. How would the menorah be happening to itself if Moshe was being commanded to craft it himself? Rashi cites from the Midrash, Me'eleha, the menorah came about on its own. Moshe mitkasheba, because Moshe had difficulty understanding how to craft the menorah as a single piece. At a certain point, God said to him, Hashlechet hakikar la'ur, Throw that large piece of gold into the fire, me'eleha, and it will come about and be made on its own. For that reason, writes Rashi, it didn't say ta'ase, you should make, but rather it will be made. Maharal, in his commentary, Gur Aryeh, to the parashat, to this pasuk and Rashi, cites the Gemara in Masechet Menachot and Daf Kaftet. That's the source, for all intents and purposes, to these words of Rashi. Over there, there's an added detail which Rashi left out in his commentary. The added detail is that in the initial stages of Moshe having difficulty to craft it, and in fact, the Gemara says there were three things which Moshe had difficulty understanding, each one a dirasha in and of itself, Rosh Chodesh, Shirasim, and Menorah, but in having difficulty understanding, conceptualizing how to make this candelabra, make this Menorah, God pointed to, God showed him the Menorah. Understanding of Maharal is if that he was if he was given some sort of lesson, if he was showed and depicted what the menorah looked like, it means that Moshe began a little bit. It means that the pasuk in describing Te'ase is a little bit after the fact. Moshe was to begin in the crafting, to try, to put in the effort, and only then, as it wouldn't and didn't work out, he'd throw it in and become created on its own. Maharal in turn points to that as one of many examples where we turn to God for assistance, but don't and shouldn't assume that it'll just be coming to us. Where's your effort? Where's your involvement in it? Moshe needed to begin, even though it was mission impossible, there was no chance that he'd be able to pull this off. And God well knew that. And nonetheless, Moshe, start this. Try it out. Get your hands and uh, feet a little bit wet and dirty in doing this. And then I'll finish it. He cites in that context, Maharal, You should raise your hand and pick up the staff over the yam, and it will be, or I will, open it up, says God. Why did Moshe need to raise his hand and staff up in the air so that the people would just see? Or is there some involvement every time you and I turn to God for assistance that we need to put in as well? 
it's a general perspective and understanding in that reciprocal relationship we have with Borei Olam, one in which there's hishtadlut from human beings, and then some sort of hashgaha and involvement, assistance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'd like to, for a moment or two, however, zone in specifically on the menorah. Understand why, in my understanding, this was particularly relevant to the Mishkan, this concept of get yourself involved. Put your own thought and creativity into this before I might help you further. Because the Mishkan for Rashi, but really generally speaking, but specifically for Rashi, is to be understood as an atonement, a kapara for Chita Egel. The sin of Am Yisrael at Chita Egel was what was made so necessary for us to have this Mishkan. Now, even if you don't understand it like Rashi, that the Mishkan would have existed anyway, the Mishkan nonetheless did exist as an atonement of sorts for our sin at the golden calf. Now think for a moment about what happened at the sin of the golden calf at a time where the people were out of control, where the people felt as if they didn't have a God presence doing for them, a Moshe presence that they could look to, they crafted for themselves a golden calf. There's a certain self-fulfillment that each of us have when we make something on our own. We feel comfortable with it. We look at it and are able to say, this is my creation. This is something I create. It might not be perfect, but this is what I put into it. And we become invested in it. When it's our item, when it has our name on it, our discussion and involvement and mind and effort, that's my item. That was the Egel for Am Yisrael in contrast to what had been their relationship with God, which was just observing. They needed, they felt, we need a little bit of involvement. We need to do on our own. That was their downfall. The Mishkan, as a result, is the remedy to that. The Mishkan, in turn, is the, it's the direction for each and every one of us, but for Am Yisrael at the time, where can you, the Asuli Mikdash, you craft for me the Mikdash, v'shachanti betocham, and I'll dwell in your midst. In other words, sure, I'm not opposed to you involving yourself. Let me get a part in it. But you craft it. You put it together. It was the invitation of God to us and is to us in today's day and age as well to not just receive but to have an investment in it to become invested to say that this is mine i'm not just donating to it but I'm crafting it. I'm doing it. I'm not just stepping back and having mikdash adonai God, your hands crafted the mikdash, but rather every individual should have their part in this. I've I've been told more than once by experienced people's uh, people in building communities and synagogues that in Odome you can't compare a place where many people engaged, involved, getting their hands dirty, their minds dedicated to a project, to an effort, the unity that's felt, the self-identity that is experienced for every person who's on that project, a community center, a synagogue, some sort of uh, uh, project, all of those, when people are involved independently, when people are involved with their own efforts, they are invested. It's very different than when it just exists and then anyone who wants to come, well, just come and be a part. I don't feel invested in it. The description in turn of the menorah, Moshe, you won't be able to pull this off. And when it comes down to it, you'll be throwing that large piece of gold into the fire, but Moshe, understand. I know what went wrong at the golden calf. 
It's that you felt, your people felt as if they weren't invested. Invest in it. The second tablets, the second luchot were pesol lecha. The first luchot were maase Elohim. The difference between the first and second luchot was, the first was crafted by God. The second by Moshe, the remedying of where it went wrong, where we weren't invested, where we felt as if we were just receiving but weren't really a part of it, was the Mishkan as well. I'll conclude with a story I've heard more than once about a great American Torah scholar and leader who once came in contact with a major donor to his yeshiva and turned to this individual and said to him, I haven't seen you studying recently. Are you involved? Are you koveaitin la Torah? To which the person responded, Rabbi, I think you should be jealous of me. Why should I be jealous? Do you know my sachar? Do you know my merit, my reward? Do you know how much money I've given to your institution and others? Aren't you familiar? Rabbi, you certainly are. You gave me the shmuz about yisachar and zivulun. I am the zivulun. I've been the one supporting all these institutions to which the rabbi, with a twinkle in his eye and a smile on his face, said, I don't in any way doubt, and I certainly envy your olam haba, your reward in olam haba. I fear, however, and I think you should be jealous of me for my sachar in olam hazeh. Listen to my experience here, said the rabbi. I'm involved in the building. I'm involved in the conversation, the classes, the learning, the studies. That's my part. Your part is an external force. Sure, you're getting merit for it, but are you invested in the fullest sense? The Mishkan, I believe, reminds each of us that to be observers and to be participants are very different realities. The Mishkan was the remedy for Chaita Egel, the, golden, the, the, the uh, sin of the golden calf, because the sin of the golden calf came about through while we were just watching. Uh, we never got our hands a part of it. Crafted a golden calf on our own, to which God says, Craft it on your own. Invest yourselves. And Moshe, I know this menorah, best example of this, won't be, can't be crafted by you independently, but begin it. Realize, teach others that your involvement, our effort, our self-identity will be inspired by the more we actually get involved in things. So don't just be supporters of Torah, be learners of Torah. Don't just be observers in the Knis, be people who are invested in the tefillot, contributing in whatever way you can. Don't just be ba'ale chesed, who from the outside are able to support and see through a mission. Be involved, particularly, specifically in every aspect. But I can't, but I don't understand it fully. So put in as much as you can, as Moshe was instructed by, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu back then. The message of the Mishkan, of the Menorah, more specifically then, is to put in the effort, make it your own, become invested. That's when you'll find and experience true success and fulfillment in our lives as Be'enet Torah, who are looking for elevation and connectedness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen.